Blog Talk Radio. Chairman in, uh, in uh, 
uh, in in some state there, Kentucky or someplace. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is so crazy. Uh, this is one of the craziest things. This guy. Uh, okay, on February 9th, which was just a few days ago, uh, uh, Attorney General Andy Beecher announced the former Campbell County District Judge Timothy Nolan has pleaded guilty to numerous federal felony charges, including human trafficking of adults, promoting human trafficking of minors, and unlawful trafficking transactions with minors. As part of his plea agreement with the prosecutors for Bisha's Special Prosecution Division, Nolan pleaded guilty to 21 counts against 19 victims and prosecutors to recommend a sentencing totaling 20 years in prison. Nolan will remain in custody at the Campbell County Detention Center uh, pending his sentencing March 29th. Uh, Nolan, 71, of he's 71 years old, California, Kentucky, California, Kentucky, a former local school board member, was originally charged in a criminal complaint by the Campbell County Police Department for crimes that occurred from 2010 to 2017. Complaints alleged that Nolan committed human trafficking with a minor by subjecting a minor under age 18 to engaging in commercial sexual activity. He was later indicted on 28 felony counts and two misdemeanor counts. God, this guy's, this guy's incredible. And Nolan served as a district judge in the late 1970s and early 80s and had become a well-known political figure. He campaigned locally for President uh, Donald Trump, was vocal on many conservative Tea Party issues, and was elected to the Campbell County School District in 2016. Unbelievable. These guys are predators for guys. It's like that Judge Roy Moore, you know, who, who was like, you know, uh, a freaking known pedophile, and he was, <laughs> and he was running for governor. God, he's running for senate, I mean, for Jeff Sessions' spot. God Almighty, it's crazy. Uh, let's see. Nolan pleaded guilty of 21 counts dating back to 2004. In addition to human trafficking and attempting human trafficking, the charges included giving drugs and alcohol to minors. In some instances, he asked a minor to give her a, to give her a back rub and engage in sexual conduct for money, uh, according to charges. Nolan paid some victims with heroin and painkillers in exchange for sex. At least one victim lived on his property in, uh, lived on his property in Southern Campbell County. He threatened eviction unless sex acts were performed. She threatened some victims with arrest. Uh, he with arrest, and including telling one victim he'd call friends in the FBI and law enforcement to arrest her. But Nolan faced more than 100 years in prison on 28 felony charges, including four counts of human trafficking of minors, and the total number of victims covered by the 21 charges he pleaded is 19, including some juveniles. Any article goes on and on, but this guy's a dirtbag, man. This guy is a complete and friggin' dirtbag. Tea Party guy, okay, from Kentucky. Uh, former judge, <laughs> human trafficker. What a friggin' joke. What a terrible, terrible joke. Yeah, anyway, sick. Oh, here's something, folks. This is gonna, you, you're gonna freak out when you hear this. Listen to this. Cuba claims that Justin Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son. Yeah, 
Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it was so amazing. But you know what? They're showing pictures. They show a picture from uh, Newswire.com, but they're showing pictures, a picture of him, uh, Trudeau, and a picture of Fidel Castro side by side. They look identical. These guys are identical. It says, a suicide note left by Fidel Castro's eldest son has rocked the Cuban nation this week the most astonishing revelation being the claim that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was the half-brother and son of the late Fidel Castro. The handwritten note left by Fidel Castro Diaz-Balart, 68, the eldest of the Fidel Castro children, appears to confirm the long-standing rumor in Cuba that Fidel Castro fathered Justin Trudeau after a public tryst with Margaret Trudeau in 1970. Castro Diaz-Balard, who was Balard, rather, who has been attempted by a group of, who had been attended by a group of doctors for several months due to a state of profound depression, committed suicide this morning, um, the, uh, according to the uh, Cuba debate website. And the death of the high-profile government nuclear scientist, also known as Fidel Lito, or Little Fidel, uh, because of how much he looked like his father, stunned the nation. However, it is his explosive suicide note that has set tongues wagging in Havana. Amid a wide-ranging barrage of complaints, the note uh, suggests Fidel Ito was angry with his late father, the revolutionary Cuban dictator. Fidel Ito wrote that his father, Fidel Castro, was always comparing me unfavorably with Justin and diminishing my achievements in comparison to his success in Canada. But what was I to do? I am Cuban. My brother is Canadian. If he was born and raised in Cuba, he would have lived in our father's shadow forever, just like me. Well, Justin Trudeau is famously known as the son of Canada's liberal former uh, prime minister, Pierre Trudeau, um, Comparison images of Pierre, Justin, and Fidel suggest there may be something to the Cubans' claim. Yeah, the guy looks just like him. It's, like, it's unbelievable. Young Fidel looks exactly like young uh, Justin Trudeau. Absolutely identical. Unbelievable. Strong resemblance excited the Cuban rumor, also uh, backed up by historical fact. Well, uh, Justin Trudeau's birthplace of Ottawa, Canada, may be a long way from Havana. His mother, Margaret Trudeau, visited uh, Cuba nine months before Justin was born, and there are photographs of her socializing with Fidel Castro. According to Canadian newspaper, The Globe and Mail, Pierre Trudeau and his wife, Margaret, traveled to Havana and became close friends with the Cuban president. <laughs> a little too close, don't you think? And uh, oh, uh, and Pierre Trudeau and Fidel's paths crossed for the first time in 1970. The Globe's report before explaining that Trudeau's had uh, just a great time at the Caribbean island, that an enduring friendship between the arch-liberal Pierre Trudeau and Marxist revolutionary Castro were formed. <laughs> yeah. Before shocking Canada by marrying the sitting Prime Minister of Canada, Margaret was famous in the 1970s for her risque behavior. 
now as opposed to go for the flower child movement in the early 70s, she embraced the sexual revolution and scorned traditional marriage vows as archaic, destroying an artwork that hung on Pierre's wall because it celebrated reason over passion. A self-confessed drug addict. Wow. Margaret smuggled drugs in her husband's luggage while traveling and made scantily clad appearances at Studio 54. Her nude photographs were still widely published on the Internet. They still are. Oh, my God. And Margaret Trudeau has form uh, when it comes to sex scandals, <laughs> when powerful and high-profile men. Describing in the 1974 affair with Ted Kennedy, Margaret Trudeau wrote in her memoir about the moment she met the U.S. Senator at a state dinner in New York. That evening I felt such a pull toward me that we couldn't even stand within a couple of meters of each other. Pierre was not amused. Was Pierre having flashbacks to what happened in Havana four years before? Margaret then moved into the Rolling Stone guitarist Ronnie Wood and then Mick Jagger and eloping to New York with the Stones frontman in 1977. Oh, my God. I kind of remember that. The scandal signaled the end of the tumultuous marriage with Pierre Trudeau. The liberal politician fought her in the courts and won sole custody of the children and refused to pay any spousal support. Did Pierre Trudeau raise Fidel Castro's son? Well, Justin Trudeau's parentage has not been seriously questioned in Canada. However, the startling new information that has come to light in Cuba may change all that. <laughs> this is, yeah. Oh, wow, it's pretty, 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 pretty interesting, guys. Really interesting. Very, very interesting. So, glad you, glad you enjoy that. I did. Oh, let's see. What else, What other fun stuff is there tonight? So many fun things. Um, so many fun stuff. Oops. Ah, uh, so much fun. Um, crazy things. Uh, the, you know, it turns out that the, the Florida school shooter belonged to a white supremacist group. Yeah. They just claim. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, you know, this white supremacy stuff is, is just, just crazy, crazy bastards. You know, they can't stand the fact that they're a goddamn loser. Yeah. Uh, so, leader of the Republican White Supremacist Militia claimed um, interviews that Anti-Defamation League and Associated Press accused. Uh, I remember my stay at the Blue Beach Hotel in Miami. That was an amazing view I had. Sorry about that, folks. I think the hell out of this. There's a huge skyscraper in front of me now. Thankfully, on Chicago, I can look. I get the hell out of that. I hate these pop-ups. Like you can't believe they're the curse of the universe. The curse of the internet. <sighs> well, you know what? Joni Ernst, who is the uh, Republican from Iowa, I would. Yeah, she says, please join me in praying for the students and faculty and staff at Marjorie Stone and Douglas School as well as their loved ones. Let us also grow, show our gratitude to the courageous first responders. She got over $3 million from the NRA, National Rifle Association. Isn't that friggin' sick, man? That is so sick, it's unbelievable. 
Oh, while we're on that issue, and I, and I'm not, I'm not pushing this thing. There's so much other stuff. Republicans just voted to eliminate the only federal agency that makes sure that voting machines can't be hacked. Discrimination.com. And uh, it's a sad, sad thing when this stuff stuff happens. Republicans will make it easier to steal an election by killing the Election Assistance Commission. So they want to do away with that. In a little notice, 6-3 vote today, the House Administration Committee voted along party lines to eliminate the Election Assistance Commission, which helps states run run elections as the only federal agency charged with making sure voting machines can't be hacked. The EAC has created, after the disastrous 2000 election in Florida, as part of the Help America Vote Act, to uh, rectify problems like butterfly ballots and hanging chats. Republicans have tried to kill the agency for years. The committee also voted to eliminate the publicly financed system for presidential election datings, date elections dating back to the 1970s. Isn't that sick? Isn't that sick? It is my firm belief that the EAC has outlived its usefulness and purpose, said Committee Chair Greg Harper, explaining why his bill transfers the EAC authority to the Federal Election Commission. Thirty-eight pro-democracy groups, including the NAACP and the Common Cause, denounced the vote. The EAC is an only federal agency which has uh, as its central mission the improvement of election emissions uh, administration and its, its undertakes essential activities that no other institution is equipped to address, uh, says the Brian Brennan Center for Justice. This move is particularly worrisome given reports that suspected Russian hackers attempted to access voting registry station systems in more than 20 states during the 2016 election, during the, the 16 election. Moreover, the Presidential Commission on Election Administration set up by President Obama in 2014 outlined an impending crisis in voting technology, and the Brennan Center found that 42 states using voting machines in 2016 were at least a decade old and at risk of failing. And the EAC uh, was the agency tasked with making sure these voting systems were both modernized and secure. The EAC is not a perfect agency. It lacked a quorum of members from 210 to 214 and was paralyzed by inaction. Then last year, its executive director unilaterally approved controversial proof of citizenship laws in Kansas, Georgia, and Alabama, which the federal court subsequently blocked. But given the threats to the American democracy at this moment, EAC needs to be strengthened, not replaced. It's particularly ironic that the Trump administration is preparing to launch a massive investigation into non-existent voter fraud based on the lie that millions voted illegally. Well, House Rep. 
House Republicans are shutting down the agency that is supposed to make sure Americans' elections are secure. It's more proof of how the GOP's real agenda is to make it harder to vote. Yeah, and harder to vote and to validate uh, Trump's win. Representatives just voted to eliminate the. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, I just ran out. Sorry, folks. This is this genius Trump. He proposes slashing the CDC. Center for Disease Control funding by $1 billion during the historic flu season. This guy fucking, this guy's not even making sense. The guy, the guy's out of his freaking mind. He's crazy. He's crazy as hell. Yeah. The guy's crazy. The Department of Health and Human Services received $95.4 billion under their federal proposed budget released by the Trump administration Monday. But under the proposal, the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention would face a cut by the National Institute of Health and the Food uh, and Drug Administration would see increases. The President's budget makes investments and reforms that are vital to making our health and human service programs work for Americans and to sustaining them for future generations. HHS, Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, said... In a statement, the American the administration requested eleven billion from dollars from two nineteen for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a cut of about nine hundred million dollars. That includes one hundred seventy five million dollars in new funding to address the opioid crisis. The administration for Centra for Children and Families, which provides assistance to families in poverty, would get five fifteen point three billion. An increase of nearly four billion. However, NIH would get a boost of 1.4 billion in the proposal, with total funding of 35.5 billion for 2019. That includes 750 million dollars to National Institute of Health as part of a 10 billion dollar HHS-wide investment in fighting the opioid crisis. The FDA would get $5.8 billion under their proposal, an increase of $670,000 million. Rather. Indian Health Service would receive $6.8 billion, an increase of $513. Azar will testify in front of three congressional committees this week on the budget beginning Wednesday morning with the House Ways and Means. I, I don't know what I'm following here, but it sounds like he's 
Robin Peter the Pitbull. Adding the phrase best friends is a very uh, intriguing social experiment. A clinical psychologist, Dr. Barbara Greensburg, tells CBS in New York. Let's face it, you can't ban somebody from having a close relationship, and you can't really ban anybody, somebody from having a best friend. But what the schools are trying to do is foster the idea of kids having more than a single friend. And I agree with that. The movement, which is believed to have started in Prince George School in South London, isn't intended to discourage intimate friendships, but rather encourage more inclusivity. The idea is to increase the number of interactions a student may have with different members of his or her peer group. Um, it's now garnered support from educators in America, said, who is licensed to practice psychology in both Connecticut and New York, and uh, uh, personally believes the rationale behind the notion is strong. Um, I see kids come in all week long who are feeling dreadful because they are excluded and because they are near, uh, they are either nobody's best friend or their best friend is moved on. All right, and Jay Jacobs, who operates Timber Lake Camp in New York, stresses the downside of not fostering multiple relationships as a young age for exactly that reason. I think that there are pitfalls in just having one friend. Remember, as you grow up, interest changes uh, and uh, interests change and children go in different directions. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Jacobs adds that counselors at Timberlake, which uh, alternates in uh, locations between Glen Cove in winter and Shandake in summer have made it a po- have made it a point to promote a more exclusive environment for years. His philosophy that children will be better set up for success later in life if they get used to having a wider friend group at a young age. You can be on the soccer field and just be dealing with one child. Uh, they're going to be interacting with a team. It's about promoting that kindness looking to people, children to be kind to one another and to be aware of what it looks like when you're not. An interesting, an interesting thought. Very interesting 
about that. So interesting. Subpoena was served on Ivanka Trump tied to the massive money laundering allegations. Yeah, not too good. So Ivanka Trump is 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 dirty. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Subpoena served Ivanka Trump tied to massive money laundering allegations. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump spent virtually his entire campaign talking about crooked Hillary Clinton and her husband's alleged corruption. But it's pretty clear that Clintons can't hold a candle to Trump in the corruption uh, department. Collusion, fraudulent college schemes, uh, money laundering, you name it, they've done it. And it's that way, then it's that one, it's that last one, money laundering, that may land a Trump, or you may land a Trump you weren't expecting in prison after all. Trump turns out, turns out that the Commercial Bank of Dubai has now subpoenaed Ivanka Trump's diamond jewelry line with the underlying reason being that the diamonds were being used in a $100 million money laundering scheme, uh, according to a new GQ report. It says, high-end real estate is a common vehicle for money laundering in part, of, in part because until recently the industry was effectively exempt 
from many of the laws that prevent laundering uh, through some type of asset, such as the know-your-customer laws that uh, apply to banking. But diamonds, too, hold an, uh, an important place in the money launderer's toolkit. Mountains of dirty money can be converted into tiny diamonds, which can easily be stored to be easy to store or smuggle across national boundaries and convert back into cash when the opportunity arises. The Trumps are not the only Western business owners whose ventures have been tied to alleged money laundering and fraud schemes, but they are, are the only ones who are also a charge, uh, in charge of American foreign policy, making the entanglements and possible points of leverage that arise from such ventures um, matters of a national security. What more? One of the, what's more, rather, is one of the conspirators being targeted in the subpoena just happens to be the guy who introduced Ivanka to Jared Kushner, who, of course, is now her husband. Isn't that interesting how everything is turned inside out? Bill Palmer points out that this comes not only after the report from Ivanka's involvement with her father's businesses, Panama, um, which can which just happened to be deeply involved in money laundering, and of course Ivanka spearheaded various shady Trump organizations, real estate deals with Felix Stater, who has been evicted from for money laundering, uh, convicted rather for money laundering, in relation to the Russian Russian mafia. Every time we turn around, Ivanka Trump just happens to be connected to money laundering. It's clear that alleged criminals worldwide are consistently choosing Trump family businesses for their money laundering needs. Either the Trumps are the most naive people in the world, or they actively seek out money launderers, which would mean they're all going to prison. Just the, just the last week, Democrats and Congress started making progress on their efforts to tie Donald Trump to money laundering activities. Well, Adam Schiff, clearly on MSNBC and national um, Trump uh, and Russian money laundering, Senate uh, Ron Wyden ripped into Congress uh, about the state floor uh, for which reversal to the U.S. The Treasury Department's I'm passing out here. It seems uh, up and down. I can't seem to follow what we're doing here. Right. Um, but anyway, the speeders are being considered to serve against the bank for money laundering. Interesting, huh, folks? Yeah. Oh, well. It's crazy, crazy, crazy world. 
saddest things I read. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard this or not, but a second U.S. judge blocks Trump's administration from ending DACA program. I was happy to hear that. A second U.S. judge, uh, this is from Reuters, on Tuesday blocked uh, President Donald Trump's decision to end a program that protects immigrants brought to the United States illegally. But um, it was good that, that, that these courts are stopping this, this insanity, you know. And uh, U.S. District Judge uh, Nicholas Garufus in Brooklyn ruled that the Deferred Action for Children's Arrivals, which is DACA program, uh, cannot end in March as the Republican administration's plan. A victory for Democratic State Attorney General and immigrants who sued the federal government. The decision is similar to uh, a January 9th ruling by District Judge William Elser from San Francisco that DACA must remain in place while, while legisla legislation or litigation, rather, challenging Trump's decision continues. The legal battle over DACA's complicated debate uh, currently underway in Congress or whether to change the nation's immigration laws. The Supreme Court on Friday is due to consider uh, whether to take up the um, administration's appeal of the San Francisco ruling, and the court could announce as soon as Friday afternoon whether it will hear the case this tomorrow. Uh, Garofras, uh said that the administration could eventually rescind the DACA program but that the reasons it gave last September for rescinding it were too arbitrary and could not stand. The judge ordered the administration to process DACA's renewal application on the same terms as had been in the in the place before the president took the action. And it goes on. So I think we're I think we're all set with DACA. I think that's big freaking smokescreen for damn Trump. So, anyway, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? I, I thought this was interesting. There uh, are two really, really sad. One, this is one of the saddest articles I've read in a long time. Uh, really sad. And it says, California, homeless, or the home. Californians hidden homeless. Their teachers, their chefs, their nurses, and other middle-class workers living in cars and parking lots because of the state's crazy property prices. They can't afford to live in apartments. It's too damn expensive. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, so hundreds of people are sleeping in parking lots in areas like San, San Diego, uh, Santa Barbara. Rising costs of rents and housing are forcing middle-class workers to take up residence in their cars uh, or to make ends meet. Most of those sleeping rough in cars are part of the area's safe parking program. It is run by the New Beginnings Council Center and aims to provide a secure area for homeless to sleep in their vehicles. Can you imagine that, folks? That's the way, that's, that's how bad things are in California and, you know, in different 
different parts of this country. And there are people are sleeping in their cars and, you know, just to, you know, so because they can't afford homes. They can't afford to live anywhere else. You know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, almost incredible, you know. The rising cost of rent and housing in California is forcing residents into alternative accommodation with middle-class workers taking up residence in their cars and RVs by the side of the road to make ends meet. Hundreds of people, including nurses and chefs, are sleeping in parking lots in affluent areas like Santa Barbara as they make the most of the only homes they can afford. And Marva Erickson, who works as a nursing assistant, has been sleeping in her Kia for the last three months. She wakes up before dawn each day, showers at the local YMCA, and dresses in her hospital scrubs to head to work. Holy God, Almighty. Hey, come on. You know, this is a working woman who can't afford a rent. This is I wake up and I say, thank God, thank you, God, for keeping me safe last night. Thank you for the safe parking program, 48-year-old woman told the L.A. Times. Like Erickson, most of the people sleeping rough in their cars are part of an area's safe parking program, which is run by the Beginning Counseling Center and aimed to provide a secure area for the homeless to sleep in their vehicles. This is This is so sad. The problem is roughly 150 clients, uh, and 40% of those are working, but they just can't afford an apartment with the rising cost of housing. About 35% of those in the program are seniors. About 30% are disabled. The majority are living out of their small cars, with only 25% sleeping in, in RVs. Picture of Kathy, 65, and Phil, 74, been living together in their old RV uh, after losing their condo on 213. Kathy said she hung up Christmas lights inside the RV for the holiday season. They couldn't stand. They couldn't handle the rents. I guess. Kathy, 65, feeds her aging the standard poodle in her RV uh, in a parking lot in Santa Barbara. She says she spent her career working as a paralegal. I was a homeowner until 
Anyway, I'll only get a few more minutes. There's some gaps here that I don't know. But um, um, I think it's it's critical to understand where we're headed here and uh, what's going on. That's not good. It's just not good. Um, I wanted to um, end tonight with a couple of uh, a couple of um, essays that are, uh, on my site. I refer you to the LA Still Show. Also to my YouTube channel, I still show, and uh, I have about 40 videos there, and uh, different programs, and uh, we're just moving right along. And I want to, uh, um, I want to read tonight this uh, this recent essay that I wrote. It's titled. Uh, um, You can go to my website, lastillshow.org. It's a very, very popular, highly trafficked. Um, I don't know what they're called. What is Hope Hicks really communicating? All right? Yeah, I mean, all this talk about Hope Hicks, communication director, and, you know, and disavowing of, uh, you know, spousal abuse and all this kind of stuff. Well, what is Trump's director of communication, Hope Hicks, really communicating to the world? She was romantically involved with both uh, Lewandowski and Porter, two of Trump's closest personal advisors. All right, two both resigned, who both resigned under a cloud of abuse scandals, and were defended uh, defended by Hicks. Um, aside from being very attractive and obviously conveniently under, available as a paramour to some of the closest members of Trump's staff. Staff, by her defense of these men, it would appear that she enjoys rough sex and dirty talk and, or an abusive relationship. Her close association with the public defense of Trump's horrific misogyny is proof of her tolerance for his abusive language and talking dirty to her maid Turner on. How a 29-year-old Ralph Lauren bikini and underwear model could become Trump's closest advisor uh, during his campaign, and how in the White House appears to be a little more than most polite or polite political pundits wish to answer. The Fire and Fury book author Michael Wolf appears to be to miss the entire presence of Hope Hicks and her White House involvements. Instead, he accused UN Ambassador Nikki Haley of having an affair with Trump. She uh, vehemently denied, and most of the press and media found ludicrous, and attacked the author on the issue, especially when the most glaring, obvious affair was Trump and Hicks. According to the Fire and Fury author, Trump reportedly stated in a meeting regarding Lewandowski's breakup with Hicks, she was the greatest piece of tail Lewandowski ever had, and Hicks abruptly left the meeting embarrassed. No one in politics or private companies gets ahead as fast as Hope Hicks as without favors or nepotism, and her lack of administrative skills needed to, for her job as White House communications director. However, Trump has proven that relevant work experience is not a requirement in Trump's administration. Hope Hicks' remarkable beauty and ability to com comply with Trump's every wish 
seems to be her outstanding talent. And Trump has always been a, had a weakness for ambitious, beautiful young women. And it appears that Hope Hicks is another one. Yeah, that's true. I'll read one more before we go out tonight. This is from my website, elliesdillshow.org. That other one was my was a recent post by me as well. Um, Mike Pence is a putz. What's a putz? Using the same as uh, used the same way. This is by the Urban Dictionary. Uh, the definition of putz. Used the same as what an asshole. Putz. A stupid, ignorant person. Someone who doesn't pay attention to anything going on, one who makes stupid remarks. Putz uh, is a Yiddish derogatory for a prick. Well, there have been very few more inept political morons ever to occupy the vice presidency than Mike Pence. This Jesus freak, gay-hating, bigoted, swamp thing, proves himself daily to be the biggest putz ever elected to a political office. A recent statement he made to an evangelical Christian audience was, if you believe in Jesus, you don't need health insurance. This was during the Obama debate, care debate, December, when Republicans wanted to cut Medicaid to millions of Americans and destroy Obamacare. Mike Pence has the perfect ventriloquist dummy for Donald Trump. Trump is a doorknob, bigoted, is dumb as a doorknob, bigoted racist moron from the middle of the country, in the reddest state in the Union. His favorite meals are hot dogs and pig's feet. His favorite song is the national anthem of which he does not know the words, and his mission in South Korea is to look like an idiot and ignore the North Korean delegation and pretend that he's an important spectator to the games. If Trump's impeached or indicted and resigns, if Trump is impeached, indicted, or resigns, Pence must be indicted as well. He obviously knew about the Russian involvement with Trump and his campaign. And unless he is even greater moron than he already appears to be, if, uh, if, he, is an, if, if he is an incredible moron, he will deny any knowledge all of Trump's top advisors being fired and having contacts with the Russian government. Pence is a putz, really rubbing his hands together, waiting for Trump to fail, and thinking he could take his place. If he does, if he thinks Trump is having trouble now, Pence has no idea how loud the howls of hatred throughout the country will be for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the craziness of punts and hope picks and everything else that's going on. I want to thank everybody tonight for joining. Um, hope you uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, also, you can visit my uh, YouTube page, uh, LA Steel Show uh, slash YouTube.com. Yeah, I've got about 40 videos up on there now with different sh- television shows that I've done. And um, and we'll be doing many more, uh, putting many more up uh, in the near future. So anyway, I thank everybody for listening. Hope you come back next week. And uh, tell your friends about this one. Pass it around. 
lot of interesting articles tonight. Uh, a lot of interesting things. I just want to tell you, you know, I wanted to mention that, you know, I do this show because I need a document. I need to record these incredible uh, findings. Uh, aside from being uh, in the newspapers or on some blog uh, someplace. But I wanted to reiterate them. I wanted to repeat them and, and, and bring them to the forefront, at least on my show, to give it one more avenue to be um, brought up. Oh, I went to ask, I went to mention this article about the Nazi sympathizer, you know, in Oyster District. He was nominated by the, by the Republicans. Uh, he's a Nazi. It's freaking unbelievable, you know, for Congress. He's an absolute Nazi sympathizer and a former head of the Nazi clan in uh, in uh, Illinois. Just amazing, folks. But this is the kind of craziness we get coming. And, um, you know, I and Lila and so many people around the world just try to stand up to this stuff, try to mention this stuff. Um, you know. There's so much of it, it's almost impossible to mention all of it. So, anyway, I want to thank you folks for everything, and uh, have a pleasant, pleasant evening. Good night. Mm-hmm.